space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Notch Karnick, and with me wearing our life support belts are... Bill Boywad. Emily Bowen-Marler. And Rudy Kasbaker. So this is the second installment in our pilot series where we're uh, reviewing chronologically each pilot for each Star Trek uh, series. And uh, since, yeah, this is the second week we're doing the, the best pilot from the best series, the animated series. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be reviewing the pilot from the animated series Beyond the Farthest Star. And while you're at it, follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you know you should tell your friends about this podcast because it's so much fun for you to listen to. We want more people to join you. Yep. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Um, your rating uh, will help us appear higher on search lists and um, that's how people find us so uh, do help us out and remember we're obviously gonna spoil this episode uh, during this podcast i mean that's kind of what we do when we recap episodes so if you haven't watched this uh this episode from 1973 make sure to do so before you listen to our episode uh trust me usually we say like ah just you know if you don't want to don't do that but this week you should like get your bell bottoms get those mutton chops on your face and get groovy uh, with Beyond the Farthest Star. The episode summary of this episode on Memory Alpha was a single line. Kirk Shrew comes across an ancient derelict vessel, but something is still living inside it. Very brief uh, for for the uh, summary for the animated series pilot there. I don't really think I need to go into much more detail uh, at this point. Maybe I should. Uh, okay, like Bill Bill called... What would you call the alien that they encountered? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What did I call it? You call it, I think, a sentient fart. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> the, the, the crew did of the I Enterprise <laughs> find this derelict vessel. Uh, someone farted in it 300 million years ago. That fart then makes it over to the Enterprise, takes over all its computer systems, and our crew has to, like, save the ship. Uh, and they do that by threatening to ram it into a dead sun. And the the alien decides, no, I don't want to smash into a sun. So it leaves the ship and then the crew go off on their animated way. That That's literally what happens. Yeah, that's like, it. Not, not just riffing at all. That's like the plot. That's what happened in the episode. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So your strange new takes, please. 
Well, as we were preparing to record, I found myself wondering what it is that goes through Notch's head as he is, you know, those those first few more moments before he starts, because I know something is going through his head. But yes, anyway, so that's my strange new take is is what's in Notch's head. <laughs> that's, that's a great name for a Star Trek episode. Hey, there you go. Um, and my strange new take for this episode is... Um, you know, I knew that they used the same music for every single episode in the animated series, but I didn't realize they just used the same music on loop for the entire episode itself. <laughs> mm. I like wanted I almost I it was too late in the episode and I didn't feel like rewatching it, but I was like, I should I should have counted how many times this little riff happens and how many times this little riff happens because there's basically three pieces of music that they use over and over and over and over again. Okay, my, my uh, strange new take is uh, Octopi are awesome. You guys should all get into Octopi. Um, they have three hearts and uh, like kind of somewhat independently uh, sentient arms. And it's like they're, they're like basically like aliens. So definitely check out the Wikipedia on Octopi. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this, I don't know what to say about this episode. It's kind of ridiculous. It's moved super fast. Um, I, I would just point out that um, apparently in the 10 years that have passed since season three of the original series, Scotty and Dr. McCoy have been working out a lot because they're ripped in the animated series. <laughs> like what happened to Scotty, dude? He. <laughs> I mean, it's it's basically you know that scene where they're running to like engineering or whatever, and you can see their like arms and legs moving really fast, but they're moving really slowly. When you do that a lot, I mean, there's a lot of exercise. You know, That's you get real yeah. ripped. Just running in place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I had a I had a good strange new take, um, but I'm gonna move it out to next week. Um, because I, I really like what Emily said about Notch and it made me <laughs> think that maybe it's like if y'all have seen Gone in 60 Seconds and Nicolas Cage is just about to go start stealing cars but everybody's waiting and and he's like doing something with his hands and I think Notch does the same thing like he has to get his 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 mind in place so um, yeah um, that, that's what I thought um, the um, the pilot the series I don't know it, it was it was it was nice for me. It was quick, fast. Um, kind of made me felt like I was watching a, a Fantastic Four episode. Um, the um, uh, the production value there, but uh, yeah, uh, it was it was uh, it was quick. It, may, it reminded me of Johnny Quest, the the original oh, yeah. series of Johnny Quest. Yeah. But uh, uh, I yeah, I, I'm really not thinking about anything. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to like, I'm mostly trying to create the like, hello, welcome to, you know, like voice in my head. So I don't go, hello, oh, welcome to strange new things. Uh, Dude, I, not, sorry to interrupt. That's exactly what the monster sounded like when he took over the ship. Oh, I thought he was going to be scary. He has such a, such a nerd voice. It was not intimidating at all. I would. Especially at the end, he's like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. leave me. All right. Um, well, I was going to say some stuff about lawn care, but I'll leave that for next week. Let's just say about this episode. I was expecting, like, you know, this episode to be broadcast. You know, I mentioned the bell bottoms and the mutton chops, but then, you know, on stage, there's the band with the, like, 
each person behind their little station. The guy comes out, like, you know, girl Frankie comes out with a metal microphone and starts doing, like, you know, like, lounge tunes uh, after the episode is done. Like, that's that's the... It was very groovy, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, this is, this is a 70s, like, uber 70s feel. And Emily, the music, it just never stopped. It just never stopped. Oh, my God. Uh, it's so obvious. But uh, anyway, we should we should jump into discussing this episode in some depth. And uh, we, we can take the same format we took last week, which is, I think the first thing we can tackle is the story and writing. Did we actually enjoy what we watched as viewers? Yeah, um, I'll go ahead since I already went out on a limb and said I um, I liked the the fast paced nature of it and gave that feel of um, watching a, a really old comic um, animated. Um, I don't know. I I like the I like the techno babble, right? Um, it it was grounded in a little bit of reality, right? He Spock mentions absolute zero temperature. Um, Uhura talks about um, right ascension off the galactic plane. I had to look that up. I don't know if that exists, but it's it's like a way to navigate the stars or something like that. Um, so cool stuff like that. Um, and and I like the design of the um, the alien ship. So throughout throughout the episode, I got the sense that. Um, while it was a little comical, I, I agree, you never quite knew what was going to happen next, right? So that true feeling of, you know, going where no one's gone before, you know, quote-unquote, beyond the farthest star, like, oh, there's a star, and we're getting pulled into it, and, and oh, we're in orbit. Wait, there's another signal. Whoa, there's an alien ship, and we're on that alien ship, and it's, uh, you know, um, uh, abandoned. So I, I like that part. Um, I mean, again, it's animated, so you can take some liberties there. Um, what do you guys think? I thought yeah, it was I'm... funny. Oh, go ahead, Emily. Well, I was going to say that. Uh, so at the beginning, when he talks about what their mission is, you know, they're star charting. And then I started thinking, I don't know if you all have ever heard that song, Star Trekking Across the Universe. <laughs> anyway, so I started changing the lyrics to Star Charting Across the Universe. It just seemed funny. I don't know why the star charting made me made me kind of laugh but it did. it just seemed so mundane like here's our mission we're star charting but they did have something exciting happen while they were star charting so you know there's that and i thought it was pretty cool that they were talking about having the um that it was 300 million years in orbit mm. and, you know so that kind of stuff was cool too kind of placing it as a clearly it would have been created by a species that uh far surpassed the technological capabilities of humanity. But I also, as I was watching it, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is a creature, not a ship. Like <laughs> I kept thinking, cause that's how we've had different creatures on like, well, especially on next generation that have kind of had that look a little bit. And so it looked to me like a creature and then like pods or something that the, you know, alien gave birth out of or something i don't know that's kind of what i was thinking so then when it ended up really being a ship i was like oh i guess i was wrong and i've seen this before but i didn't remember because really only one or two animated series episodes have stuck with me but. yeah it was uh just a comment on the the scale of the both the, the age of the ship and the size of the ship this was like 
I feel like it's the opening act to like an, a novel, like a sci-fi novel series. Like I've read it like Leviathan Wakes from the Enterprise, uh, no, The Expanse, a bunch of other like sci-fi series. Like this is what opens like, we found a ship. It's really old. And, you know, <laughs> we were like far away from everybody else. And, and it, like it, this is how like a bigger plot starts. Yeah, I really appreciated the um, the ancientness of the ship. I think this is something that sci-fi writers get wrong a lot, is the scale uh, in in all senses of the word, but including in time. Mm. And um, I don't want to get, get us distracted here, but, you know, I think it's quite likely that um, there actually are, like, no aliens anywhere. Um and if we were some at some point to stumble on alien civilization, it would probably a long, be a long dead one. So that I mean, I like that that detail. Isn't that isn't there a a like sci-fi series of like TV show or something? I think Rudy, you had told me about this many years ago, where like humanity finally makes it into the stars and they find nothing, and then everyone's like super sad about that. It's pretty much Firefly, isn't it? Isn't isn't that because Firefly Astra? doesn't have any? I mean, that's not the point of Firefly, but Firefly doesn't have any alien beings. It's just humans, isn't it? Yeah, Firefly is. I think it's localized to um, a system, right? There's like a really complex star system. Humanity's migrated there, like um, from Earth, and but yeah, there's nothing outside. Isn't Ad Astra like that, right? Where um, uh, you know it's um, oh man, that movie. <laughs> oh it is desolate but what what i what I, I i found interesting here going back to bill's point was it felt like um if anyone anyone of you has read um the rama series by author c clark where um you know there's like this alien vessel that happens to come into uh, the solar system and humanity still not you know figured out a way to travel beyond um beyond the solar system they're just barely going across planets and they managed to hop in and it's like this um ancient you know um enclosure with weird um climates and i, I don't wanna, i don't want to spoil it but it was it was very similar it was much faster but um i think the rama series are actually the the uh, inspiration for that um circular habitat ship that we see in interstellar at the end um, that's pretty much what um, Rama looks like. But yeah, I got that sense. I got that. I, I like that part. It was, again, very quick, but I like that part. Yeah. So, so well, and they had the moment where uh, Dr. McCoy, I think, commented on what you said, uh, Bill, when he said, well, I think it was Dr. McCoy. Like, that's just a blink in an, of an eye mm. in the whole span of, you know, so it was kind of like, like McCoy was reminding the rest of the crew, like, yeah, that really shouldn't be that strange <laughs> that we're finding an alien uh, race that was around 300 million years ago. Yeah, yeah. It was a nice detail. So it won some points for me for that. It lost some points when they, <laughs> when I think it's Dr. McCoy again, he's like, oh, we can't break out of orbit because the gravity is so strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you know what an orbit is? Like, you know, <laughs> uh, like anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, getting back to the writing, I, um, it, it, again, it's like so fast paced compared to a live action Star Trek show. And it seemed to me that these were just scripts that could have been written for TOS, right? That they just compressed mm. down to 20 minutes or whatever. So it has a totally different feel. I, it's hard for me to say if that was like 
bad or good. Rudy, it sounds like you enjoyed that. Um, well, it could have been longer, um, but then if it was longer, I think I would have I would have started to laugh um, some more. So it was, yeah. it was good in that sense. Um, I I got I got I also got a sense of that. You know, there's there's nothing here, but there could be something here. There's you know signs of devastation and and all of that. So. Again, I'm taking a leap here, but a little bit of the um, alien series anxiety of coming in somewhere and not knowing, it, it is it is dumbed down and made comical because of the seventies um, animation side of it. But um, I don't know. I, I th you know, I think the other thing that the pace kind of messed up for me is that we didn't get as much of the like dead alien species. Like mm. you can imagine if they'd built a set or whatever, and if they were there, there'd be a little bit more fascination with like looking at the ancient ship and like exploring it a little bit more. And I thought that was in in a way that was the most interesting part of the episode. And having maybe ten more minutes of that would have been would have given me before before the climax would have given me some like. Um, uh happiness rather than getting straight back to the ship and then suddenly like this little bulb in the bridge is shooting everybody which i mean it's fine it's it wasn't bad so i'm not going to say that but like it was just it was a more like by the book kind of dull you knew that our 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 friends were gonna win like they were not i mean this wasn't the end <laughs> let's put it that way the pilot and so i there, there was no sense of like something horrible can happen. Whereas I think when they were on the alien ship, there was a sense of possibilities. Like I didn't know what was going to happen next. Um, and if they had more of that, I'd be happier. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> one uh, critique I have of the writing is that, you know, Spock is supposed to be like really smart. Right. But it seemed like throughout the whole episode, Spock, like everybody else was a moron. And Spock was just of like average intelligence and just pointing out all these things that are totally evident to the audience, right? Like Scotty says something really dumb and Mr. Spock is just like, says the common sense thing and everybody's like, wow, what an insightful guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe it's supposed to make the listener feel smart. I don't know. Did, did Spock like um, laser a door opener to open the door? Was there like a reason to do that? I missed that. I just saw him lasering the door opener and the door open out i wondered if there was a reason behind it or was that beams? one that went to the bridge yeah. no that it's because scotty was stuck in some like the the monster was trying to kill scotty basically and they needed he and scotty was like getting pinched under this big metal door and they needed okay. to cut him loose uh Bill, I think you touched on another thing. There's not a lot of character development in this episode at all, <laughs> or character building, which they didn't need because the characters are fully fleshed out from the previous show. Well, you know, they really made Kirk a control freak in this, though, because there's a scene when they get beamed back to the ship, and um, you know he's trying. Oh, beam! The alien came back with us. Beam it away! Beam it away! And then Kirk runs over to the, you know, to the console, pushes the guy out of the way, and does it. Tries to do it himself. And I'm like, if you weren't such a control freak, maybe that guy could have beamed it out before it had a chance to infiltrate the ship. <laughs> and then it inf infiltrates the ship in like five different ways. It like goes in mm -hmm. through the air exhaust. It goes through the door, and yeah, that was funny. <laughs> so, um. Let's 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 move on to talking about characters. I don't know, think there's going to be a lot here, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about the uh, the the fact that all of the secondary characters, like all of them, are played by James Doohan. 
and like including oh, really? the guy that Kirk pushes away. It's Lieutenant Kyle, who's been played by a different actor in the or, uh, original series, and will show up on the bridge of the uh, USS um, Reliant in the Wrath of Khan. I didn't know that. As, hmm. Yeah, but he's played by James Doohan in this, voiced rather, I should say. And the oh baby alien is also James Doohan. That's <laughs> funny. Now I have to listen again. <laughs> yeah, th- it's throughout the series. Basically, apparently James Doohan did a ton of uh, secondary characters. Well, it's, and uh, I think Nichelle Nichols and um, and uh, Majel Barrett did a bunch of the women's voices too. So yes, saving yes. money. <laughs> so, and 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 where was Chekhov? Chekhov wrote, wrote an episode. Yeah, so he wrote an episode, but he wasn't in it. I don't know. They it's trying to save money, I guess. They figured he was More the one they could saved. sacrifice. We have a we have a budget for one accent, okay? Not they two. wanted to give that guy with the three arms, you know. So who is played by James Doohan? James <laughs> which uh, that's the other thing. Eric shows up in this episode, but is you know he's he's at the helm, and it's just like, oh yeah, we have the first non-human characters, uh, bridge officers in Star Trek. No or non, non, non-human, um, non-bipedal, uh, or I don't know if he's bi. He's three legs, right? So he's tripedal. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So basically, the first like non, like non, non like human with stuff on yeah. their face. Okay, let's go with that. Non-human uh, aliens. Yeah, in in Star Trek on the bridge, and Eric says like no lines uh, through yeah. this whole thing. So and Mares, who's the like cat-like Cassian, she doesn't show up in this episode at all, and. Uh, and neither does Nurse Chap- Chapel, who was in later episodes of the original series. So uh, it, there's a lot, like, character-wise that doesn't happen here almost. It's And I was actually surprised that for a pilot they had so little character development. Well, and I feel like they do more later. They have more character development later in the series. And especially, so the best original or the best animated series episode is the next one. Um, yesteryear. It's actually, like, a good episode i think as far as like just in the whole of star trek um and that definitely does some character development and it's more interesting and okay okay well the character development was the buffness (laughs) yeah that's right they were physically developed (laughs) (laughs) captain we've between the two shows we've built a gym (laughs) <laughs> we've all been using it a lot uh, <laughs> well hey they use the gym a lot on enterprise so you know yeah it's true except uh, all of that they didn't have any weights just like gel that they like rubbed on each other <laughs> okay all right okay so there's not much to discuss character wise i don't think so um let's move on to let's take a break let's take a break last week we didn't take a break and i had to like mash one in in post-production so let's <laughs> let's do that here so i can throw in some sort of excerpt or something in, in during the break captain's log star date 5221.3 on outward course beyond the fringe of our galaxy towards questar m17 a source of mysterious radio emissions mission star charting situation, Mr. Scott? We've picked up speed, sir, rapidly. I've cut back power, but we continue to gain momentum. Mr. Sulu? She's not answering the helm, sir. Two minutes right ascension off course and drifting farther, Captain. Stand by to reverse course. 
Standing by, sir. Reverse course. Welcome back to Strange New Takes. We're talking about Beyond the Farthest Star, the absolutely well-known pilot of the animated series <laughs> that all of us 100% knew was the pilot when we ended last <laughs> week's episode, as you'll recall. So, <laughs> um, and much like that episode, we're running a little fast uh, this week. So let's see what I can do to slow us down. Maybe play some like do 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 like groovy music in the background. Uh, keep us keep us going. So okay, let's let's talk about production, and we have to talk about that music. We've discussed it a little bit already, it, and I feel like Emily, you and Adam, when we had referenced the original series or the animated series, um, many many episodes ago, had been like, yeah, when we get there, the music is gonna <laughs> suck. And it's so bad. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> oh my gosh! I remember I fell asleep one time when I was watching the animated series, and I don't know how many episodes happened, but I thought it was just one episode because of the music. Like we were not paying attention, and I realized like three or four episodes had happened while I was asleep on the couch. And but it just all—they all had the exact same music. It's you can't watch more than two episodes a day because of it. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, and it's constant. And it's audible. Like, I feel like sometimes the background music... And, I mean, this is the difference also between American TV and TV from a lot of other parts of the world. Not all. Some, like, Indian TV have, like, even more egregious music and ridiculous stuff. But, like, say British TV, for example, just generally tends to be quieter. So there's not a lot of audible music. But even going beyond that, American TV that has a lot of music, usually it's just, like, a little bit of twinkling in the background or something that, you know, you don't... You don't sit there and be like... This is happening. Like this, this music exists. Um, wh- why have I put on my bell bottoms? Like this is like <laughs> subliminal, like uh, um, suggestive stuff from the music. And that's that's what I felt in the animated series. Like it's a constant. It's loud. I cannot tune it out. Multiple times during the episode, I had to stop and take note that it existed, which <laughs> I think is not good. That's not. This, this, I feel like a lot of our criticisms of Star Trek sometimes are a little nitpicky. I don't think this one is. <laughs> well, you know, so I love movie scores. Like I've long, you know, and there are certain composers that I really like and I'll come out of a movie and want to go buy the soundtrack or buy, you know, like that's, I just, I love movie music. Um, and so many people in my life don't even like, I'll walk out and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that music was just incredible. And they're like, oh, I didn't even notice. And I've heard people say that that's the sign of a good movie composers you don't notice the music but as a musician i think that's i, I take that I, I fight take offense at that you know <laughs> like i want people to notice my music but it needs to support what's happening and not pull focus from what's happening so you know it's gotta carry you along on the ride and, and maybe there wasn't a whole lot to carry us emotionally in this episode and so mm-hmm. they wanted to have the music spark some emotional response i don't know there, there's actually, I mean, to this point that you're making about recognizability, I think that there's a great YouTube video. And I, I like, honestly, all, all of you, but even you listener, just go and watch every video on this channel. It's called Every Frame of Painting, where a guy who's a film editor actually has all this, like, deep dive into, like, cinematic techniques of great directors and a few other, like, things that you will notice. For example, one of his videos is fantastic about how he talks about his home city of Vancouver and how it never plays itself in a movie. And it is hilarious. Um, so I, I recommend watching that that channel in general, but he's got one on the music from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and why it sucks. 
and I mean, he made this episode, uh, this um, video many years ago. So it's been maybe things have changed since then. But he he has this whole deep dive into how um, the what music sounds uh, scores are supposed to do, and why Marvels just don't meet that mark for him. Um, I, I if I remembered what he said, I would share it right now but it's much better but it's, it's called every frame of painting and i i strongly recommend um going and checking out his video on on the marvel symphonic universe in particular so you know vancouver is also a very popular spot for science fiction you mm-hmm. know it's like battlestar galactica every planet they go to just happens to look like british columbia <clears throat> well like- star trek i think discovery is filmed entirely in uh toronto toronto, in toronto. Mm-hmm. okay it's in toronto okay yeah. uh which was the there was the the was that man Sci-Fi in the high castle i think so that was at least a season or two in in vancouver there's I was um, bsg was vancouver i think it was yeah what is that canadian sci-fi show that shows up that showed up on netflix it's three seasons long the first season and a half are like amazing and then it just like dives off a cliff uh, where a bunch of people just wake up on a ship with no memory of what's happened to them. Dark Matter. Yes! That's a Canadian show. I don't know if it's Vancouver, but you all reminded me of its I, existence. I like the, the intro music for that, since we're speaking music. It's not groovy enough, man. It's not groovy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, go watch Dark Matter. It's very, very good, and then it's not. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, let's let's keep moving about. So so the music kind of graded on us. How do we feel? We talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to ask you: How do y'all feel about the shorter runtime? I, I, I thought it was a little bit too frenetic. I don't know. It like at first I thought it was going to be about this weird like dead star they found, and then there's this weird ship in orbit, and it was never kind of clear to me how those two things were related. It would seem that they should be related somehow, but not clear to me. And then all of a sudden they're back on the Enterprise, and it was just, yeah, I mean, if you like look away for 30 seconds, you would be confused, you know, because it's just moving so quickly. Exactly. I think I think I, I may have lost a couple of plot uh, points as well, and 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 they really hurry through stuff like they get rid of that alien ship it's 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 like historical ancient 300 million years old one phaser shot and it's gone like yeah um, I, that was strange and i think maybe part of that was like so they don't have to like explore it in the next episode now it's gone bye see ya so how long was the episode 25 minutes okay so um this would be comparable to lower decks I, because the most recent animated series I would have seen would have been Lower Decks, I actually thought this felt slow <laughs> because, like, as I was watching it, I was just like, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, and, and that's also kind of the way the original series was. You know, there are a lot of, it, they would take a long time to get into the, like, we talked about that with, um, uh, well, the Guardian, City on the Edge of Forever. You know, mm-hmm. like, it just took a really long time to get to the point of what the story was about. Um, and this one didn't take a long time to get to the point. But since we, like, I mean, Lower Decks is like, I mean, like, that's frenetic. Like, it's really, this. it's hard to pay attention to everything in Lower Decks. There's no way to catch it all. Whereas you could catch everything on this episode if you were paying it, you know, if you're just watching and not distracted by other things. Yeah, I think maybe I was I was working a little too much on my notes because I missed how the like fart alien like left the ship. 
that. I, I was like, what happened? Like, this, there was some dialogue in between, and then the ship is, like, speeding towards the planet, and then the alien leaves. I saw it all, but I was just like, I don't understand I, exactly how this, like, I don't think happened. they told you. Yeah. <laughs> it also really confused me. As, as best I can tell, they, like, went to warp and kind of warped, like, through the planet. They it, looked like, it, like a suicide. it looked like they cloaked or something. Yeah, they, I was like, was yeah, yeah. It had that wavy cloak or, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, it was, and then, it and was then very the, strange. Then the fart became like an atmosphere of the star. Like it was around the star, the dead star. And it was like communicating with the Enterprise somehow. And then, <laughs> I mean, you have that moment where it's like so lonely. It was like really sad and depressing. Like that was like emotionally affecting and then the next second, it's like, happy music. And the captain's log is starting. And it's like, it's just like, whoa, 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 give, give me a second. Like, maybe there's a commercial break there. I don't know. But like, watching it the way I did, it was just like, well, let me process that this like, really sad, lonely alien is going to spend like 300 million years alone again. Mm-hmm. And then like, start the captain's log and happy music. But uh, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. I think tonally, this is a little bit different. And maybe some of that is down to the music. But the tone of the show was also very, like, kind of... It was less serious. Well, it was it was marketed as a kid's show, right? Yeah. I have a question there for y'all. Do y'all think that the writers of LD, uh, LDS had a look at this and... and decided to go another way or use things from here. I mean, those are the only two animated, right? Until the Nickelodeon one that, that's coming up, right? Well, we see someone from uh, Eryx's species in Lower Decks, right? And the Cations. We see the Cations, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the doctor. doctor. Oh, of course. Yeah, right. Tana. Right. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I think that they obviously watched it. I don't know if they were really inspired by it, aside from those, you know, <laughs> nods. Yeah, I. What does this do to animated Star Trek? Right? Is is it gonna be a few seasons of uh, Lower Decks and and then we wait another thirty years till for the next one? Or uh... well, there's there's gonna be Prodigy. Oh, right? sorry. Sometime yeah. this year we have one quick coming up. Yeah, but, but yeah. I think that will be more like computer animated. Mm. I do. I there is part of me that wonders like what's gonna happen in terms of all of these series coming out at the same time. Like, are we going to burn out and have a fallow period of no Star Trek again? Or whether mm. this is going to, like, keep going. I mean, you, you look at Marvel, and they just keep going on and on and on and on. And there's more superhero movies every day, and now TV shows. Star, Star Wars seems to be taking the same approach. Um, and, yeah. I mean, they definitely want to avoid franchise fatigue, right? I mean, they're right. aware of that, like, cbs paramount and are trying to not do that whether they will successfully manage i don't know but i think you know they're they're going to be five shows airing right yeah. so uh discovery picard lower decks prodigy and strange new worlds all and this year i think they're all, they're all supposed to come out this year right i i think it might, it'll probably be until 2022 until a lot of the ones oh. that are shooting right now are, are done with mm-hmm. post-production but um and then it'll be you know, there will maybe be no more than a month between shows. So the, the two won't be on at the same time, right? But there will almost always be Star Trek on. But they're also different, right? So that might help avoid the franchise fatigue issue. So speaking of, of shows being on air, the the I, I, I did a 
quick read of the memory alpha pages on this episode and the animated series. And essentially what happened is that Star Trek got canceled in 69. And NBC had a new formula for its Nielsen ratings, uh, I think in like 72 or so. And they put the old Star Trek data into the new formula and realized, holy crap, we were like, it was really popular among like it's, apparently there was this like, demographic they really wanted of like i think it was 18 to 45 year old males and star trek was doing really well in syndication with that group as well so it become this gigantic hit um and they realized that they'd like canceled their golden goose so uh is, is the way it was portrayed and so they decided hey let's let's get more star trek and they realized that the sets had been destroyed, so it would be extraordinarily expensive to create them again. And that's how it ended up in an animated show. I didn't see anything about it being marketed as a kid's show. There were some um, reviews that basically said, this doesn't, this isn't a kid's show, it's good for everybody. And so, so there was that. And so um, I don't know necessarily beyond that if there's a lot of depth about like how they uh, they they together the production that i can go into um the same guy who wrote where no man has gone before wrote this by the way uh, somehow in, did not include the extremely important let's hold all the women's hands during warp scene <laughs> in this one uh, well and i noticed the mini skirts are longer in the animated series and at least they look longer when uhura was sitting there i was like that that skirt would definitely because when uhura sits the skirt does not cover her bum like you know, like, yeah, that's I mean, how short we, those dresses were. So. We, we have to remember the animated series occurs in the space equivalent of the 70s. So, uh, you know, that, that's everything's just getting longer and wider, including their chests. So uh, <laughs> just kidding. But um, yeah, so, so there was there was some of that um, element of like, let's get the same pilot feel. And also they... Um, uh, Gene Roddenberry was firm that this is still Star Trek. It's not a different show. So the moniker, the animated series, didn't happen until years later. This was just, it was just oh. Star Trek. So, really? yeah, it's supposed to be just the same show um, continued. Mm. But, yeah, it's, it's, I, I need to watch more of it until I can have more of an opinion on, on the show itself. But what do y'all think about this as a pilot? Like, in terms of, like, introducing... I know Gene Roddenberry thought of it as the same show, but in terms of introducing a new series, like, if you hadn't watched Star Trek in syndication, perhaps, or maybe you'd watch it, like, casually, what would you think about this as a pilot? Oh, terrible. If you hadn't yeah. seen Star Trek before? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, terrible. They just Nothing jump right in, right? Mm -hmm. it's, you don't know anything about the characters. It goes a million miles an hour. Um, yeah. yeah. There was some intrigue in the first half, but the way they executed the, you know, we're calling it the fart alien taking over the ship, that was just crazy, right? So at the end of it, um, outside of Emily's recommendation to watch the next one, I, I don't think I, I would have. I mean, um, I'd go ahead and watch stuff, but wouldn't really be like, oh, this is something I really need to get into and, and binge watch. You should also watch the episode that has the devil in it because it's kind of funny. Mm. So there's two episodes. So watch the next episode and then I need to figure out what it's called. But there's an episode that features the devil and it's pretty funny. Why does God Something with magic. A or... starship. 
<laughs> it's something that's I'm going to look it up now so I can tell you and people who haven't seen the animated series people who have seen it are yelling it right now at our podcast because there are so many people listening to this podcast right now they're like yelling from all across the world what the name of that episode is and they're yelling so lonely <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, and um, yeah so I, I misquoted that by the way it's not it's, it's what does God need with a starship oh uh, so that was the the quote from the final frontier I was going with. But anyway. This is this is totally off topic and fits for last week instead. But did I was one of the things I noticed a change between the two pilots for the original series was we they called it the a spaceship, I think, in the first pilot, and they call it a starship in the second one, I think. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Just like time warp factor. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, 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 I will. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll have something to say about last week, but I'll. The magics of one. the magics of Magus Two is the other one you should watch. Okay, the magics of Magus Two. It's like yeah. M M M six six six. Okay, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> the the uniforms in this were the same TOS uniforms. They didn't create a new set of uniforms for for the series. And it's interesting because in the two pilots we watched last week, they were the same uniforms, but it weren't wasn't this set because they were wearing the uniforms that were created for um, for the cage, which had the like turtleneck collar. So the women, they had the like ribbed collars for the guys that were the same yellow color. Um, and there's a set of prom- the early, early promotional images of Star Trek, the original series have Spock and Kirk in the new uniforms and um, uh, the Yeoman Rand. Uh, why am I forgetting her name? Grace. Gra- Grace Lee Whitney. Grace Lee Whitney, yeah. Playing, uh, wearing a the old women's uniform from the cage. So these this kind of like mismatched publicity photos, mm. which is kind of interesting um, as well. Uh, but just yeah, just getting back to the pilot thing. So I, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think this is there's nothing to like hold on to and be like I want to come back next week and continue watching this if you're not an existing Star Trek fan, uh, which is kind of odd. Like there's no there's nothing to like latch on to. I feel, you know. So yeah. Um, I think animation wise, what did y'all think of the the visual quality of the the show? I mean, it's not that great. Here's the running like, move. When they're going to run, yeah. they start like that. All of them go through the frame that way first. Why, why, don't, why don't you describe uh, what you just did, Emily? Because our listeners, oh, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. They can't. <laughs> they just put their arm kind of in front of their, you know, it's like, and the arm just stays there for a while as they start to run. It's like this weird little, I don't know. It's it's strange. <laughs> Anticated appeal. I don't know. That, that's about it. The this show won the daytime Emmy Award in the area of best children's series for seventy four seventy five. Oh, it's the on, only Emmy Award that Star Trek has ever won. Wow! Whoa! Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> they should play that in the in the intro credits um, for every episode, maybe. Right. <laughs> um, what do y'all think about the sound quality of like the record voice acting and and. Uh, Kind of getting that in there too. I mean, I'll I'll give an extremely layman's perspective. I, I had never watched this episode before. I didn't know it was a continuation of the of the original series. I didn't know there were going to be 
voiceover. So just for me in the first five minutes, I was like, oh, okay, this is what's going on here. And, and that was not nice. Um, I don't know. I, I, that was, I, that was, the voices were familiar. I mean, that was the only familiar part and grounding there. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't think much beyond that. Like I didn't, I didn't find any issues as such. Like, you know, it, it was done all right. I think for the time, what do you guys think? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it sounded like uh, Kirk and Spock and Uhura, and <laughs> wasn't a deep fake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I don't know. The the dialogue is kind of stilted, right? It's just kind of people saying things to each other <laughs> and then running in place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't I don't know if it's a voice acting issue or if it's a writing issue, but. It kind of made me think of now I, you all have probably not seen this because first of all, you're younger than me. And yeah, anyway, there was a new kids on the block animated series what? in the nineties. <laughs> what? And it reminded the animation just reminded me. I was wondering if they were done by, even though the studios, it would have been 20 years apart, but, um, but yeah, so it just reminded me of that though. Like, but of course, you know, putting new kids on the block in an animated series, like, I don't know if they had to solve crime or I can't even remember what the point of the series was, but yeah, but I had to watch it because I liked new kids on the block. So. I think what are we doing, go doing watch a it. podcast about Star Trek? Let's do a podcast about that. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's let's uh, let's move on to to talking about new kids on the block now. Like let's end. <laughs> we, we who is your check. favorite notch? <laughs> I don't. I've never watched that show. You know, funny story. I, no, who is your them. favorite no. band member? Mine was Joey. I don't even know if there was a Joey. Mine, there probably was. Though. There was a Joey. Mine was oh, Joey. Yeah, he it. was my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Band so. member. <laughs> yeah, and he goes on the block was a boy band. Oh, it was I, like. It was like back Backstreet in the, Boys before Backstreet yeah, Boys. But yeah, but back, yeah, yeah. There is, this is this isn't the show with Topanga we're Donnie, talking about, right? No, that's Boy Meets World. <laughs> okay. I loved that show, too. <laughs> I know all these things because, like, you know, I've been around folks who grew up in the 80s and 90s long enough that people reminisce and tell me all the names of these shows and characters. But, like, I don't, I, I didn't watch any of them, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I totally I had to watch Girl Meets World because I watched Boy Meets World and so you know I had to watch the spinoff and and I had to watch the spinoff of Full House and watch Fuller House and yeah you know, I mean they're totally the people in Hollywood they're my people they're like running Hollywood right now my <laughs> but, generation is but this is this is exactly what they were probably going for the animated series they were just mm-hmm. hoping like oh yeah we've had this letter writing campaign happen so like yeah that the, the, they'll go ahead and watch it because you know uh, they they'll know that it's it's the same series, mm-hmm. and um, so maybe they didn't have to work quite as hard on 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 making the pilot something that people had to like really get their teeth into. But maybe they, they succeeded I mean, yesteryear. Well, it's, it's I mean it's obvious that they were just banking on the people who liked Star Trek to be watching. Like they were just going to take that for granted when they created it. So um, I also believe that this was one of the more expensive animation animated shows on air at the time. So it's it's not again they didn't skimp on uh, on that side of things. And I think like you know the the animated bridge that first shot of like uh, maybe this is stuck with me because I've actually watched looked at a lot of screen caps from this and trying to produce our social media imagery. Uh, but that bridge shot is actually pretty neat. Like I think it uh, the angle that they filmed from I really liked it. 
It's pretty funny the way they sit, though. I don't know if they did it this as much in this episode, but in other episodes, like they they just have a strange way of sitting where they're like half lounging, half sitting, and it's like I, I don't even know how it doesn't it doesn't look normal or comfortable at all <laughs> the way they're in their stations. So yeah, um, the there's also a lot of stillness. I feel like even even for like an animated show of the time, I feel like there's the the cat the, the they just stand still and like maybe only their mouths move for a second, or like nothing ha- like there's just a lot of like still shots where there's no movement on screen whatsoever. There's music. Does anyone else? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, but there's music in the background. Yeah, We're always playing. <laughs> Does it weird anyone else out that their eye color that the whites of their eyes are the color of their skin? I find that so weird. I think that's a that's oh, like a shortcut for animation, but I thought yeah. it looked so weird. <laughs> like it's it's yeah, it's just skin color through and through, except for the pupils. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean that that was that style of animation, right? But yeah. Yeah, it must just be more expedient for for you know mm-hmm. doing the animation to do it that way. But yeah, it's weird. Well, and that was the reason I was thinking that they actually didn't continue the show for that long. Notch was because of what you said about the expense. It was a really expensive show to do. They they had I think what is it um, sixteen episodes of of the first season is it and they had six in the second I know that yep it's twenty two episodes total uh, just for listeners this is questionable canon for many 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 years it was not considered canon at all however as we mentioned before lower decks and some of the more recent shows have started introducing elements from it into their um to their stories making it a little bit more settled yesteryear the episode emily was talking about the next one is one of the only episodes of the show that is conclusively considered canon um in in terms of the star trek universe as such so uh it's kind of has an interesting place um but I'm, I'm glad i've watched at least one episode i think it makes me more likely to turn on the second episode when i'm bored and plex and and watch uh watch it happen um any, well, any... they have a triples episode. They have an episode with Mud. They have an episode which I hate Harry Mud, so I, that doesn't compel me to watch it. But um, anyway, the triples are pink, so that's kind of strange. They they um, have Core, Coloth, and those like uh, the Klingons named K. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they show up again <laughs> as well. Uh, and there's there's a whole. I mean, there's a whole big focus, I believe, on the Cation species, right? Uh huh. Uh, they have an episode. The Kazinti. The Kazinti. Mm. Uh, show up a bunch so we're not the case so anyway well anyway watch the animated series if you so wish if if uh if if y'all are so inclined maybe someday if we're we're struggling if we have 22 weeks without any any star trek coming up we can recap the animated series in entirely 21 three episodes at a time <laughs> we no, because you can't because of the music you just can't i'm <laughs> telling you <laughs> There you You'll go. go insane. <laughs> there you go. Well, any any final memorable moments that y'all want to talk about? Uh, I'll, I'll give another shout out to Obey Me. Obey Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the slow voice of the insectoid alien that they just speed up, right? That that was funny for me. <laughs> yeah, danger, danger, danger. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I, well, I'll, I'll just uh, tell you the accidents seldom happen. Such systems, Doctor McCoy. I believe you must consider the alternative possibility that the crew of the ship destroyed her themselves. Dun dun dun. <laughs> How did he reach that conclusion? Like in early on, like 
didn't, it made no sense to me. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was the right, it was the right um, hypothesis, but because a, bu- a ship had a bunch of holes in it that uh, they destroyed it themselves. I don't know. Well, but it's it's that that each all of the pods were destroyed in exactly the same way, and they they seemed to all be it, it seemed to be like a systematic thing. Mm. That was his. as opposed to an attack. Yeah, because they, they could see that they were breached from the inside out. Mm. What was interesting, I found about it, the way they talk about it, like, I thought they're saying, oh, it must be this kind of ship. Oh, it looks like they destroyed it themselves. Oh, and they kept, like, uh, uh, telegraphing what the reality was. And then, like, oh, look, we were so right because we're so smart and we can get everything. So there was no mystery about anything because they basically said exactly what it was and then revealed, oh, yeah, we were exactly right what we said before. So. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on to our strange new ratings. Who wants to stick their neck out and give this episode a rating? 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> best, best pilot, you guys. Uh, no, I don't know. 4 out of 10. I don't know. Well, what, what's, your, what's, what's was... your final uh, answer? 4 out of 10. All right, four out of ten. I will. I, I will. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think Bill, that's your lowest rating you've ever given an episode on the show. It is. <clears throat> <laughs> I will give it an even five out of ten. Um, it was good for the first half. <laughs> it wasn't so much for the second. Um, yeah. Lord X has come a long way. For sure. <laughs> No, I was trying to think. I I gave. I know I gave yesterday or the pilots from the original series pretty low scores also. So I have to give it at least the same. So what did I give last week? Was it two out of four? Two, yeah. Two out of five. Um, because you know I don't know that I would have watched the original series just based on the pilots. Um, anyway, so uh, and I I don't I wouldn't feel compelled to watch the animated series based on this pilot either. So yeah, I'll do the same score that I did for the original series pilot. Two out of five. Yeah, I this falls way below my rewatchability. It's not like offensive. And so I think I'm going to go with a five out of ten as well. It doesn't go into the bad category for me. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's not no great shakes. And OK, so now now for real, um, <laughs> put on your 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 ground mud brown colored clothes, uh, get into your muscle cars and uh Put on the Sinatra. What are the things that happened in the seventies that I can reference? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Do do all the seventies things and tell me, uh, as as NBC studio executives, what is your feedback based on this pilot? Uh, if if you are trying to to greenlight the series, groovy music. Or or would you green, even greenlight the series? Let's 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 start there. I I probably wouldn't. And if I was going to give feedback, I would, you know, suggest that they like slow down the writing, um, make it a little bit more deliberate and easier to follow, develop the characters more, focus more on the characters, or just make it a live action show (laughs) and and keep the scripts. Uh, I I would agree. (laughs) We would stay silent in that room. Gene is like waiting for us to say something. We're just like, Uh, 
it's like it's star trek i guess <laughs> yeah i think i think uh i my my feedback to mr roddenberry would be like wow cool visuals like a lot of stuff happening on the screen give me some more character elements like why should i care about our character something for the viewer to come back next week but yeah with like bill i'd be like i need to see a second episode before i'm gonna green light this buddy so mm-hmm. agreed all right well with that if there's nothing else uh thank you emily thank you rudy thank you bill for being here today I always appreciate the chance to talk to talk about star trek with you thanks, thanks, Matt. Matt. thanks Matt. Yep. of course of course and uh next week we'll be talking about the pilot to uh the next generation encounter at farpoint Okay, Adam's, Adam's not here to like disagree and be like, you forgot this other show that happened, you dumb fuck. But anyway, I think he said it nicer than that. But still. Adam has a great reenactment of the saucer separation scene in um, Encounter at Farpoint, but unfortunately, it wouldn't translate to podcast. But maybe he could do it for us before we record. There you go. I mean, week, we have social fun. media channels. We can put up a video. Um, wow, I'm looking right. forward to this. <laughs> well, and uh, yeah, Adam, Dinah, and Max are not here today, of course. I thanks. I always thank. I always like to thank the <laughs> folks who aren't here because without them, we wouldn't have this podcast. So thank you, Max, Dinah, and Adam as well. Whatever y'all are doing, thank you, listener, for listening to us, making this worth our time to to put together this episode. Let us know via our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram if you have feelings on anything that we've shared. Thank you, Jishnu Guha, who recorded our theme music. We always appreciate. Uh, the fact that uh, that I get to listen to that we get to listen to that little Klingon theme strumming away on the guitar, and that special thanks to the bridge defense system. If it didn't exist, this episode would not be possible because there's like literally no other way that they, the the alien could compel the 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 characters to be like to obey them. So I'm glad that it existed. It never shows up again outside of the animated series. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, special thanks to the bridge defense system. Okay, everybody, we'll <laughs> see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.